geeked out with some Starfire engineers. That was fun. Like, what kind of geeking out? Talking about like ocean tide models and continental oh drift. Mm. Pretty cool. <laughs> I swear, Chris is fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys are, they've been around a long time, so they like to get it, you know. And there's one Australian challenging them on like repeatability, and they're like, no, it's a science. <laughs> we went into like the theory of operation and just like Einstein's theory of relativity. And that seven inch, seven inch accuracy takes a little bit of work, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a math problem. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys spend any time talking? Uh, tectonic plate shift yeah that was part of it too <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought i was a freak i don't know like who's this guy well i think what's crazy about it is is how much has been happening in the ag space for how long and a lot of folks just don't have any idea how long we've been we've been working on that yeah well there's a lot of buzz around a ton of uh, you know autonomous yeah. cars mm-hmm. and stuff like that really i mean we've been dude we've been self-driving for a long time right and, and a lot of folks, I don't think have an appreciation for that in the ag space. So that's part of why John Deere has been, you know, going to the consumer electronics show the last several years is trying to help the broader market understand, like, there is a lot happening in the ag space, but only, what, a couple percentage points of people are actually farming in the, in the U.S. nowadays. So people just don't have a great appreciation for how much tech is, is in the ag space. That's, mm-hmm. So John Deere's kind of taken on as, you know, this is sort of our responsibility to, to help the broader audience understand there's a lot going on. Yeah. I do love looking at the posts from CES from people. Cause we were there in 2022. Sure. Cause we've been, you know, one of the pilot dealers on autonomous yeah, tillage. I was there that year too. And I just loved surfing through the posts of the people that have no background in egg. Yeah. And they're like, this big machine <laughs> drives itself. Unbelievable. <laughs> And I had a lady, I was standing in there for a while and I had a lady walk in and she was a nice lady. And she asked me, sir, can you point me towards the autonomous tractor? I was like, there's only one thing in here. (laughs) (laughs) It's huge. It's right there. Oh, that's it. Yeah. There's another story. One of the workers there had, uh, you guys had a table with like scaled down toy tractors. It's like to visualize what a farm looks like. Yeah. And there was some journalist that, uh, it was very like, respectful and like listen to the story of how a farm works and then he asked well yeah i understand everything you're saying but i just can't get my head around how do you accomplish any work with machines this small (laughs) 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 and he was dead serious so to your point like the more we can make people aware of what's actually going on to make the food we're out of farmland so we have to resort to tabletop (laughs) farming that's what that means just this big table right here we can farm that uh, so Chris, you are going to have to do Sam's job and throw me to the intro. We need to get going because the expo here is still on and there's a lot to see. All right. I'm starting it. Yeah, go hit it. It wasn't quite as good as Sammy J, but he's always hit or miss anyways. It's my first day. Let's see if I can not screw this up. Welcome to everything a, and then some. Presented by Kibble Equipment. A frequently fun, usually informative, and always tangent-filled look into the industry that feeds the world. From cutting-edge John Deere technology to the impact of social media on the agriculture industry, no topic is off-topic. I like it. So we are. We took the podcast on the road. We took it down to Kansas City. So this is definitely our furthest podcast from home. Uh, and we are down at the John Deere Precision Ag Business Meeting. We had to get a podcast in while we were down here because we're learning so much about everything that's coming, you know, down the road. And a lot of this is very near. 
2025 is going to be a big year. So we're really excited. Uh, not only is it Chris and I, Sammy J is not here. So it's me, Kibble Man, Sam. Boss Man Chris is now to my left. But we have two special guests. Titans in the industry, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> From John Deere, which is pretty exciting. It's John Ebert, who is our precision upgrades, product management, and marketing lead. You should work on a, a PUPAMOL. That would be a good acronym for your job. And Dan Paschke, who is the director of marketing for Solution as a Service, which we will explain what that means. And it's kind of going to be the theme of our podcast. But before we get into the theme of our podcast, I'll let you guys introduce yourself. I'll start with John. Sounds good. Thanks, Sam. So uh, like you said, my, my title is long, but essentially what that means is I uh, manage the, the, the product development and the marketing for what we call John Deere precision upgrades. So essentially we, we wake up every day thinking about how do we get the latest technology on the existing fleet of equipment that uh, your customers have in their shed at home. The idea behind this precision upgrade model is, like you said, we can take equipment that isn't brand new and put some brand new components on it and make it run like it's a brand new machine. The technology is top notch on something that might be 5, 10, 12 years old. And it's nice because we don't have to deal with like, you have to trade something in just so you can get the new technology. It's a little bit more cost friendly in that fashion. Yeah. So, and it's evolved over time, the name. It has. Yes. So before last year, we were called performance upgrades. Yeah. And we like our acronym. So we kept it the same. So sometimes we call ourselves the, the puck team, uh, precision upgrades or precision upgrade kits. Um, and, and I like what you guys just said around how do we get the most out of the machines that you already have. You know, I, have a, I have a question. Do, do you guys know how far back we actually take planter upgrades if you wanted to put some new components Ooh. on a planter? Is that like 2008? You're not counting custom. Not custom. Mm, that might change that. I think it's around there though. Oh, nine. That's my guess. Yeah, I, when was Seed Star 2? Seed Star 2 is old. Early, oh. No, I'd say, yeah, Seed Star 2, whenever Seed Star 2 came out. So 2005. We can go all the way back. Oh, that, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Ebert stumped yeah. you all. I like it. Yeah, That's and good. if you could see me right now, I have a gray beard, and I was a junior in high school. So, <laughs> And I'm the youngest guy here, I guess, right? <laughs> I was getting yelled at about 2,600s. <laughs> ben Fins. So, Dan, it's your turn. Sure. Yeah, first of all, thanks for the opportunity for John and I to be here and chat with you all and appreciate what you do and in, in, in the areas that you guys cover. So I am uh, the director of marketing for our solutions as a service business or, or SaaS, as we like to call it. It's, it's a new it's a new business unit within John Deere. And what we're looking at is bringing technology to, to more farms more broadly uh, through a different a, a different model of charging less money up front for the technology. Some of the stuff's pretty expensive, and we've spent a lot of time developing it. And we recognize there's opportunities for farms of all sizes to get to use some of the new technology. And so what what our model is doing is charging less money up front, but then it has a sort of a reoccurring subscription uh, that comes on the backside of it. And that allows us all to win together. And so we are uh, really passionate about bringing um, new technology to more farms and, and creating a, an opportunity for Farmers to get more productive, to be able to make more money with what their operations are doing, and for, for all of us to win together. So a lot of times, as you guys know, some of this stuff costs a lot of money up front, and, and only the biggest operations out there get to take advantage of it. Our goal with what we're doing with this new business model is to, to bring that to a wider base of farmers, um, give operations of all sizes 
um, the opportunity to to be able to increase their operation through you know better yields, maybe lower costs. Um, look for opportunities to be able to provide a better product to their customers. And you said it before. There's there is a subscription mm-hmm. in play here. There is now. What would you say to someone who says that solution as a service is just a fancy way to say subscription model? I would say they're correct. Solutions as a service is a fancy is fancy language, fancy business lingo for subscription. We don't we don't want to hide from that. It, it is a subscription. We're looking for you know there's there's massive R and D cost to to get into some of this, and so you know at some point we've got to figure out a way that everybody wins. But I think the opportunity here is that uh, this new business model really aligns the incentives between John Deere and John Deere dealers and John Deere customers, right? At the end of the day, customers can opt in or opt out. And if the solution's not working for them, if it's not providing more value to their farm, if they're not benefiting from it, uh, they don't need to continue to renew those subscriptions. And that's going to drive us as John Deere to, to make sure that software gets better over time. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, that's the big benefit for customers here, guys, is that we will have uh, the opportunity to make this stuff get better every single year. And the moment it stops getting better is the moment that customers maybe make a different decision with their wallets. There's examples of this on both ends of the spectrum as far as like the high end, mm-hmm. new, new, new stuff. Mm-hmm. So you got from, yep. the, from the essentials to scene spray, right? Yep. Right. And I think you, you made a comment about like making it more available. Sure. So we've talked about the essentials kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot of buzz Sure. <laughs> Both positive and negative. But the fact that that, is, that lower upfront cost, mm-hmm. I think we at John Deere has, have had a very, very strong resale trade-in market for Precision Egg, which we never ever thought that would happen when this all started. So because of the higher upfront costs of traditionally, that's why there's been this strong trade-in market. And, but now with this essentials thing, now we have an opportunity, like instead of having 20 years of legacy equipment out there, um, we can move people forward faster because of the lower upfront cost. Yeah, yeah, we believe that's going to give us great opportunity, and and I think the opportunity for mofo, more folks to to bring some of the technology. I thought he was going to call mofos. <laughs> <laughs> that's later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not quite yet, but the opportunity to be able to bring more of the technology across a wider you know, size of operations, I think is what is what gets us pretty excited. And whether that's through, you know, what John was talking about with putting new technology on older equipment, or that's just changing the game in terms of the new equipment. Um, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, so this and you can you can take this, I actually will give you this free of charge. If you're looking for a catchy little way to to not call it SAAS all the time as an acronym SAS. So I think we could call it SAS scriptions. Jesus. <laughs> uh, we'll take that under advisement. We, we I thought about that for the, a while. <laughs> <laughs> really? He's been waiting for the right time to use that one. Well, last 10 minutes, yeah, I yeah, tripped sure. that up. Dad for joke. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> but like, like your uh, essentials kits, how yeah. many months in are we now for the orders? Uh, we're a few months in to orders. So what's been, I mean, we as a dealership have been surprised, you know, once we got some steam behind it, got yeah. some confidence behind it. As far as what we've retailed, what's been your expect your, your your results? You know, I'm sure you're not going to share numbers, but like, what's been is it meeting your expectations or? Yeah, I I would say uh, meeting and exceeding expectations. You know, the whole the whole theory or premise behind doing this was, uh, you know, we sort of looked at the the age of the fleet uh, that's out there, number of 2600s, 2630s, and sort of asked ourselves. Um, and, and to put that into perspective, the 2630 I think was introduced in 2010. 
So like, do you have a computer at home or a laptop that's 14 years old? And the answer is no. And we've stopped uh, putting software updates on that display. So uh, just with the ar- architecture that's uh, aged out, those customers are not able to get the features that we're putting all of our uh, R&D resources into. And some of those things could be like boundary, boundary track that I think you said mm-hmm. uh, earlier today. And that's, you know, that when you go to plant, you know, folks that use boundary tracks say, man, that is, that's awesome. You know? And yeah. And we're not forcing anyone out of 2630s. If you want to utilize, you know, the, basically the precision egg elements that were available in yeah. 2010, 2012, whatever, those are still available and will be for quite some time. But if you want to utilize anything that's coming down the road, I do also want to point out though, that if you didn't listen to the last episode about the G5 essentials kit, we've been talking about it, but we haven't, I think explicitly said what is in this kit. Uh, so I'll just go over it quick. It's a G5 plus universal display. It also comes with a Starfire 7000 or 7500 receiver, depending on when that switch gets made. And then a JD Link R or M modem. And that is $2,000 hardware costs. And then you also have to put a one-time uh, license fee, I guess, or subscription, a subscription. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going go to stick that <laughs> one. Just so you know. Uh, so... <laughs> So of $2,000 for uh, our essentials package, which is auto track, section control, and row sense, or the 4250 yearly for our advanced package, which is everything from a precision egg element standpoint. So there's another way to buy it too, right? I mean, there's, that's one option. It's ultimately around farmer choice and flexibility. Yep. So if you want to buy that bundle and, and acquire it that way and use it that way, that's great. But if you want to stay in your 2630, yep. sure. We're forcing you to buy that Correct. Kit, you can also buy it the traditional upfront yep. correct way. Exactly. A, higher, a higher upfront cost that would have maybe a little bit less subscription to it. Um, we're, we're, that's part of the, what we're trying to do in this journey is is really offer some choice to customers. We we recognize that that you know different farmers have different ways of thinking about this, and we're not going to have a one size fits all box for some of the new things we're doing with technology. We're, we're going to create some farmer choice. We're going to create some opportunities for people to make it work in their budgets or their operations. But we definitely want to leverage some of the things that are happening outside of agriculture and bring that into agriculture because there's been, I mean, you think about how different we consume a lot of things today, right? I mean, who's buying cassette tapes or CDs or anything like that, right? I think they're coming back, right? <laughs> Vintage market? <laughs> Record, records. Most of us have some type of subscription service to, to be able to get the whole catalog, right? And that's all bundled together. And now you're exploring and finding, you know, whether it's new shows or movies and Netflix or new you know, albums or bands that you weren't familiar with in a, you know, some other sort of music subscription that there's been a lot that's happened outside of ag that we can learn from. And we think that there's some opportunities to be able to bring some of those ideas into this space and, and be able to be successful. Well, and just, uh, uh, we just upgraded my wife's phone. Sure. And we did the hand-me-down mode, mode, you know, to my son, but we had the option, right? She got the, what is the latest for the 15 Pro Max Plus? Uh, ultimate, yep. ultimate. <laughs> so we could either pay for you know could swipe the card and pay for that device up front, yep. and then just pay a lower fee for the subscription or for the service, or you know, hey, for this price, you just pay per month, and that's the price for the device too. So there's options there, and then I could have bundled. And they give you Disney opportunities to stay in the latest, right? Like you can oh, yeah. trade up programs where every couple of years you get the latest. That's the only that's- reason why I'd want to have more children because there'd be more kids to give the old devices to we're sorry for chris's children out there he, he, didn't, he didn't mean that why'd i have this smashed up this phone dad daddy loves you we promise dad wants the 17 pro max well you but 
you mentioned that this isn't, you know, we're not inventing this sort of business model. Sure. We can call it a subscription-based business model. That's okay. Um, I'll move away from my idea, which was Sascriptions. Thank you. We haven't had, we've had a lot of mixed emotions, I guess. Sure. The customer reception to this business model, which is not new in other sectors of the consumer market, but in this realm, for some reason, it's been very controversial. Yeah. And I say controversial because it's not all negative. Like we've, we've sold a lot of kits, a lot more than I think we were mm -hmm. expecting to for that G5 Essentials kit, but we've also had a lot of negativity and a lot of that gets directed at me on social media, but I, I think I ask for it a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes. You got that face, you know, there's welcome. I have a it. very punchable <laughs> face, <laughs> but so we, we do default to like examples in the consumer world, right? Yeah. Netflix, Disney plus, whatever, but this is very common in business too. Yep. I, I'm sure John Deere, I know us as a dealership, we don't buy one-time licenses for windows and everything. We have a subscription to sure. office 365 or whatever it's called now. And, and under that example, right? I mean, you've got now all of your computers on the same system. Yeah. Right. And so from a farmer perspective, you know, giving this additional flexibility and choice, think about getting, you know, your, your fleet on the latest generation or within the, the latest generation. So, you know, if you're, if you're just doing auto track today, but you're thinking about trying turn automation, machine sync, autopath, you're going to need to have from from tillage to planting to to harvest, you know, to be on a similar tech uh, vintage, right? The the G5 platform uh, to take advantage of some of the latest features. So it's the same comparison there, I think, between your example and how we're thinking about upgrading your fleet uh, more rapidly. Yeah, and the other thing I would add to that too is that you think about those products that you have been interacting with that model with for a while, and and think of how more frequently they're updated than they used to be, right? You used to buy a Windows CD and you put it in the CD-ROM and you slap it in and maybe every third or fourth year. But those were like, really, that was that was the great example because they were like $400, $500 yeah. for Microsoft Office. Yep, yep. And you, and you would maybe choose to update it every third or fourth year where now that you're on a subscription plan with Microsoft, you know, you're getting monthly or, or every other month type updates and that software continues to get better and better. It fixes bugs, it adds new features. That's the same opportunity we have with what we're doing with these solutions from John Deere is that they're going to get better and better. And, you know, some great examples that we I think we can already talk about would be Sea and Spray. Yep. Right. The, the version of Sea and Spray software that will run in fields in 2024 is already improved from 2023. You know, the, the version of Sea and Spray that runs in, in 24 is going to have better weed identification. It's going to be more accurate. It's going to be more precise. And, and it will operate on the same cameras and the same sprayer that it did in 2023. So that, those are the kind of opportunities we have over time is to make sure that this product, these, all these solutions get better and better you know, every single time the farmer jumps in the cab to go run them. Well, and there's a level of accountability for John Deere in this system too. And that's something that we've had Chad on, Chad Boondorf, who ran sure. our sea and spray unit. Yep. And he talked about it, but it's, it's a level of accountability. Basically, without utilization, there is no monetization. So if you don't use the technology that John Deere is offering as part of the subscription, John Deere doesn't get the money done. And so, and neither do we. And a lot of these deals, this G5 Essentials kit, $2,000 for hardware. The hardware ain't $2,000. I mean, so if, if that doesn't get upgraded, then that's an L. Same thing with the Sea and Spray Premium kit, 14000 for that kit of all those components. If that does not get utilized like in the sea and spray mode where we're talking usage-based fees now, not time-based usage-based based on acres sprayed. 
then that also doesn't work for John Deere. So we'll see how these things change the market. But the nice thing as a customer is you know that you didn't spend tens of thousands of dollars on a display. And then if it doesn't, if you don't like the way it performs, then that's just your display. This, in this instance, John Deere has to provide top level technology in the attempt to continue to get you to subscribe to that package. So we, we focus a lot on how that impacts, you know, well, us as a dealership and then customers. This is a big change for John Deere. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and you could share whatever you want, but like there had to be a lot of discussion and maybe some internal drama might be too strong of a word, but just like getting, getting from like, Hey, we're going to stick with our old model to now we're changing it up. I mean, that had to be it. Yeah. I, you path. know, I think one of the, one of the great things, so I've worked at John Deere for 22 years and been around the company a while, but this company has been around 187, 188 years. I mean, it's got a lot of history and what's amazing about John Deere. It's one of the oldest companies in, in North America is that we have had some key moments in time where we've pivoted and changed to be able to adapt to where the world is going. I mean, John Deere started as a as an implement company, right? The the self-scouring steel plow was the first product that we produced and it's important to point out that John Deere the man was a tillage guy. He he indeed almost was. exclusively <laughs> in in the early days, right? But as you could so think about this, in the 1910 to 1920 era, there were debates at John Deere about whether we should get in the tractor business is this new technology, and I'm using air quotes for people that are listening, is that... Better than horses? Is that better than horses? And is that around to last? Can you imagine a world where we debated whether tractors were here to stay? And and the reality is, you know, deer planted a flag in the ground and said, we're going to go after tractors. And then we got into harvesting, and then we got into technology. And we're at one of those pivots in the road, I believe, right now, where this this is the next big shift in agriculture and we're excited to, we think we're leading the way. We're excited about that. Has there been a lot of conversations around how this is going to work? hundred percent. Yeah. We're having a lot of great debates in the boardrooms, much like there was back in 1918 when we purchased Waterloo Boy and got in the tractor business. So it's a, it, it's an exciting time. Uh, I think at the end of the day, our, you know, all the way to our, our leadership team, all the way up, the you know the organization we're we really really believe in what we're doing but sam you mentioned something i think is worth circling back and the name for the subscription <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that wasn't it actually that was that was not where i was going but the idea that um you know our incentives with farmers are, are better aligned than they've ever been in the past with this new model because to your point if the product doesn't produce additional value for the grower they can make other decisions where in the past we would sell you something up front and we would sort of, let's just use business terms, right? We'd extract all the value up front. And then in theory, if it wasn't working for you, well, we've kind of gotten paid in, in this new world. That's not going to be the case. And so I think the ability for farmers to say to John Deere, this is working or it's not working for our operation is greater than it's ever been before. And that is uh, driving some great conversations between, you know, inside the company and definitely between you know, John Deere company and John Deere dealers. As you all know, we've been, we've been talking about this for a couple of years and we've been, we've been on this journey together. And I think our, our, it's going to be really exciting to see, see where things go. Well, yeah. And some of the, but some of the kickback, right. Is that, well, I like this brand and they don't charge you a subscription fee. There's a lot of talk about owning the equipment. Sure. So if you want to own your equipment, which owning your equipment and paying a subscription fee are two very separate things. You own the equipment. The equipment is yours. 
the subscription part is kind of just the change in the business model of how to get into it with a lower upfront cost. We already talked about it, but you can, I, maybe there are companies a lot. There's not a lot of companies in the egg realm that are working on this business model, but I guarantee you they're all watching. Well, I mean, I think there's just one really key point that we've been talking about and I would just you know, really stress it, right? If there's one thing I think that the farmers that are listening take away from this is this, those who choose to go to this model, it's putting more leverage in their hand yep. because to that point, you only pay for what you need. If you turn it off, yep. you know, what, what incentive do, do we have uh, as, as folks at the company to continue to prioritize the next feature set to come out the highest value thing for farmers? It's what we're now incentivized to make sure that the lifetime value of that product is going to meet the needs of a farmer. So to me, it's, that's uh, just a great, aspect of those who choose to go down down this path the other other thing i would you know we can talk about a little bit or think about is you know for a lot of years farming equipment like the name of the game was bigger faster stronger let's make a bigger combine a bigger tractor let's make it more productive it's also a good kanye west song (laughs) (laughs) indeed no it's yay (laughs) oh sorry i heard today he just got his teeth removed and replaced with titanium things i don't know was that a precision upgrade? <laughs> a lot has happened with a lot has happened with that man just, in the last ten years. Just for the record, you did you did not learn that at the precision ag business. Yeah, meeting. that was that's, not a that's topic what he was doing on the back on his phone. <laughs> when he was supposed to be on equipment mobile. Phones down, eyes up. That's what we need. Um, so, where was my train of thought? Oh yeah, so bigger, faster, stronger, right? And at a certain point, you kind of reach some some limitations, right? I mean, we can only get such a large machine down so many roads and and there only becomes a secondary market for you know this really really large equipment so at, at some point i think we we hit a, a peak on that right and so now it's about how do we how do we shift and make sure that the equipment that we do have is as productive as possible is producing the best results and and that likely you know that that leads to being able to put technology on a wider range of of machinery that's out there like like john had mentioned kind of early on there's a great opportunity with with what we're doing here to to get some older equipment that maybe isn't as big and fast as strong up to speed from a technology standpoint and our incentive we now have is to to reinvest in that technology to make sure it continues to get better every single growing season i mean that's really that's really what we want to be able to do is, is, is separate what we're doing from others. Well, this, this winter, we had several examples, at least two that I'm aware of, but there's maybe a third that we had like 8,000 T, like an 8,400 T tractor. And then there was another 10 series tractor. There was the very first time they'd ever steered. And if they were in our shop and like we had to, to do the EEPROM updates and all this stuff. Like auto steered. Auto steered. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, just, they had steered. <laughs> <laughs> they had never been, the never wheel been had never been turned. And they <laughs> were, it was uh, like a second, it was, it was like the third or fourth owner, younger farmer, right? The reason they were buying this 8,400 T is because that's what they could afford. And then they were scrambling to find you stuff to put for the precision side, right? If this essentials kit would have been available, that would have been a cool combo. Like mm-hmm. you have this tractor that's, 24 years old, never steered, but now you got G5 and SFRTK. I mean, it would, I think that'd be a cool combo. Yeah. And, and it's like the poster child for this kit. Right. So tell me, what are the three main benefits to the customer of the solution as a service business model? Yeah. So if I were a listener out there thinking about it, I, the things that we would say are you're going to have a lower upfront cost as we've, we've proven both with the, 
the Ag Essentials bundle that we've talked about, we've proven with Sea and Spray that we're, we're going to charge uh, a, a low cost to get into that new technology. So that's number one, lower upfront cost. The second one I mentioned earlier is that we have an incentive to make that get better over time so that you keep purchasing from us. And so it's really important that we are reinvesting in the, in the software packages and making them better and better and better every single growing season. And the last one is you really, you, you sort of only pay for it when you're using it. So we understand that not every single acre out there is a, is a great acre for sea and spray today. In the future, it yep. will be because it's going to get better over time. But let's say you got 5,000 acres and, and 4,000 of them are great for that. And for whatever reason, the technology doesn't fit 1,000 of your acres. Well, you switch it off and, and there is no fee at that point to do that. So, so we think about it as lower upfront cost, getting better over time, and only pay for it when your operation needs it. And which one is your favorite? Getting better over time, without a doubt. Okay, that is the mm-hmm. reason we are he was doing this. Quick with that, I he thought I was going to trap him. I have a different favorite. Mine, <laughs> my, my favorite is you only pay for what you need. And I, again, I think it just from a farmer perspective, it just puts more onus on us to continue to deliver the value, so they turn it on. Well, well and, and also too, it helps scale. So if you're yeah. uh, if you have fewer acres versus yep. more acres, it, it scales. Especially, you know, we yeah. typically get pigeonholed that we only deal with the big guys. Yeah, sure. You know, and so this is something like, hey, if you're not at a different, you know, you can afford some of this stuff if you're at a smaller scale, yeah. like Paulson Farms. Yeah. And yeah, we don't talk about how big our <laughs> farm is, but it ain't big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a really good example from a precision upgrade standpoint would be, we've talked about sea and spray a lot, but oftentimes I think folks go to sea and spray ultimate that comes new out of the factory. Uh, we have another product that we launched last year called Sea and Spray Premium. So to put it into perspective, number one, lower up front, we've lowered the price of that system to twenty five thousand dollars installed. John Deere lowered a price. We lowered the price wow. from eighty grand to uh, fourteen. Yeah, it would have been with an install. You're going from ninety one thousand dollars to twenty five thousand yep, dollars. So we announced install. that yep. right around November first uh, of last year. So twenty five thousand dollars. And I should mention, so Sea and Spray Premium is compatible on. 120 foot steel boom back to 2018 today. Uh, we're looking at uh, broader compatibility soon. So stay tuned to there. Um, step two, it's going to get better over Sneak time. Peak, so. You heard it first. Yeah. Dripping, dripping. dripping. Yeah. So my 3.45 gallon. <laughs> <laughs> my old 6,700 <laughs> three wheel sprayer. <laughs> yeah. Put some cameras and a computer on that the thing. High boy. Yeah. For, yeah. That, that one's not on the 7720 cam. I mean, it would need less cameras because it's a tiny little boom. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're only going five miles an hour anyway. So. Sorry. We, no, dig- we digress. Yeah. Sorry, John. I, yeah, cut. Lost my train of thought now, too. Yeah. No, lo- lower up front. So 25,000 installed. It's going to get better over time. So as we get more crop compatibility, uh, we'll. Push those softer faster updates, speeds. faster speeds, um, and then you're going to pay for what for what you use. So that product specifically is uh, for a post application or fallow application, corn, soy, and cotton. So you're not going to be able to put down residual and spot spray at the same time or do a targeted application like with Ultimate. But you can do one or the other. Yeah. So yeah, think so. about um, you know really good pre residual programs now. You know put down a strong pre come back in your your post pass and we, we're seeing savings you know uh, over fifty percent savings in that post application pass. Oh, I'm so. learning more too. Uh, so one of our customers, he actually did spike a pre mm-hmm. in with his post because his assumption was there's a weed there. So there's probably seeds there too. So yep. like, I'm yeah, learning. no, that's, the more he's not the only one. We had a couple mm-hmm. of folks that put the residual in for post for that same mm-hmm. thought pattern of, well, if there's weeds there, maybe there's seeds and, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, and the one I don't think we've really mentioned though is that's that'll be you know coming this year in a lar- little bit larger scale outside out of the pilot program is the Exact Shot fertilizer system for planters. And if you're not aware of what Exact Shot is or haven't seen anything on it, uh, essentially it's target spraying each seed with fertilizer instead of spraying a constant spray in the furrow. You're spraying each individual seed with an equivalent rate. Right. So a common in our area is like 1034-0 fertilizer. You'd put like five gallons an acre down. Yeah, so you can do, basically you'd put in, I'm going to do the equivalent of five gallons an acre, but then it's potentially saving 60 plus percent uh, in a lot of cases on fertilizer, just chemical alone. Mm-hmm. Fertilizer. For, fertil- Fer- can, is fertilizer not a chemical? Uh, we're getting a product. Well, you're the one that corrected me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like a herbicide. Okay. I understand. I apologize. A circle is an oval, but <laughs> an oval right, is right. not Do a circle. Do we need to jump in and help you too a little <laughs> He's bit? He's sitting break, closer break, to me than he usually break, is. Break this up. <laughs> the idea is you would use a lot less of the yeah. product and, and get the same results, or if not better. So and Yeah, because the data show there was like no, basically statistically, there's no right. yield no dif- No difference in yeah. the yield. And, and yeah, you're. I mean, you think about it, you're just dosing individual seeds and you're not dosing the trench where there's no seed. Yeah. So pretty... Pretty amazing. If you haven't been to YouTube and checked out some of the videos we have, we slow things down and because it happens so fast, it's really hard to see. But we'll slow that down to like a slow motion video and you can watch how how that system works. And it's it's pretty remarkable. We're really excited. We're going to have a, a, a bunch of those out this year in 24 running and, and really broad scale adoption of that in, in 2025. <clears throat> so the and question it works on existing planners. Yep. Yeah. So, so yep. It's it's a it's, it's a puck. A, it's, it's a puck, puck first, yeah. right, John? Pucking it right. up. Pucking yep. it up. So one one thing that was that has been announced to the public that I did want to touch on in this podcast with you guys here, and it's something that we've learned a little bit more about at this Precision Egg Business meeting, is the announcement that John Deere has partnered with Starlink to provide a connectivity solution for those in areas that are not covered by cell signal yep. currently. Yeah. Which is what we learned is about 20% of the acres, the farmable acres are not in a good uh, or a very, actually in a very poor connectivity area. So this is something that I've, I've gotten a lot of questions on over the past couple of days. Sure. Um, but this is a pretty cool thing. And so the partnership with Starlink uh, will essentially give you, you've got the low, what do you call them? Low, low earth orbit, low earth orbit yeah. satellites. Yeah, we're super excited about this. I mean, you think about one of the backbones of making all of this stuff work. And as we march towards a world where we're able to take operators out of cabs and have autonomous vehicles, and we, that's coming to farming. It's it's already there with tillage with us. And we, we plan to expand that in the future. But the connectivity is one of the most important things. And, and you're right, 20% of the fields that we're farming with today have low to, to no connectivity. And so this is a, an amazing solution um, for all of us in the industry to be able to leverage technology that's out there and get it up to speed quickly and be able to provide connectivity to machines no matter where they are. And this is honestly, from a deer perspective, this goes beyond just agriculture, right? John Deere's in the forestry business, we're in the construction business. Uh, I used to work early in my career in forestry and that happens in remote parts of the world. And there's a lot of there's a lot of great connectivity in those machines too, and and we'll be able to use low Earth orbit satellites to be able to connect to all of the machines to provide the data, to provide the guidance, all of the the latest and greatest, no matter where you are on Earth, and and that is a, a super cool opportunity. So I, oh, sorry, I was. You can correct me if I'm wrong on this. So you order this as a kit, 
And now there is a, it does have a charge, you know, basically a data charge, kind of like you'd buy a data plan on a phone. We don't know what that number is yet. Um, but then that's how you would, you would install this on a machine. It, machines currently aren't at least first phase of this. We're not shipping machines from the factory with these. You would order this kit, put it on your machine, whatever it is. And then you would connect it to the MTG mm -hmm. The well, it's not the MTG anymore. It's the JD link modem, uh, anything 4g or newer. So even if it's a 4g LTD LTE modem, not the JD link RM that will work with this Starlink receiver. And then I think the most important question in this matter, I mean, yes, great connectivity uh, for your machine to be able to upload data to the cloud, but can you use it to connect to for a hotspot to watch Netflix <laughs> in the field? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, technically it's possible. Well, we want to make sure everybody's operating in a safe manner <laughs> and, and we're going to prioritize the agronomic data in that scenario that to make sure that the farmers are getting the most out of out of what's going on in the field at that time. What Emily Emily's <laughs> not going to like this part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One of my first uh, so I used to be a field service rep for deer when you know AutoTrack was first coming out. Yeah, and, we were, we remember you. Yes. <laughs> and had a customer everything was working good and then he had two tractors at the same time wasn't getting GPS signal and we we're like in basic diagnostics okay was it working before or not? Yes. What's changed? You know, usually the answer is nothing's changed. <laughs> so I had to make a trip. This is in the middle of North Dakota. Get out there. And they had went to, they were so bored. Uh, they had went to Walmart and bought these really cheap DVD players and hung them right up in the middle of the front. <laughs> and the, they had so much bad interference. They had knocked out the Starfire GPS <laughs> on the, the Gen 2. I'm not, I'm joking about it being the most important feature. It's obviously not, but that's the question I keep getting. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should, uh, you should X Elon. I'm sure he'll reply. X him. Yeah. X him. Is that what you call it? I, it's not tweet we're, anymore. We're both, we're both heavy on the dad energy these days. We need Sammy <laughs> J here to tell us we're idiots. I, <laughs> I think it's cool. I think on the Starlink thing, you guys showed a map yeah. of areas that had low availability yep. and i i at first when i heard that i'm like well that's for us at, at kibble it's not going to be a big deal you know when we get to north dakota there's areas um but even within our geography there's yeah three quarters of a field might have good coverage but there's that back side of the hill that's on the far side of the tower where you get nothing um yeah we're so like that river, kind of, river ground yeah. is always yeah. hit or miss mm -hmm. and with, when we're talking all the way up to autonomy like if you're going to buy autonomy, you want it to work in a hundred percent of your fields, yeah, right. not 89% of them. Right. Yeah, right. That's the key point. And remember too, I mean, we've, we've been running this for a little bit, right? We don't just sign these agreements and, and say, you know, without any sort of evidence, this is a great thing. So we've got, wait, we, like we, you're, you're saying John may didn't just call up Elon and be like, Hey, you think we could put Starlink on John Deere's and Elon's like, I can do anything you need me to. Okay. <laughs> Send no, we, me an agreement. Put a Model S in the space. <laughs> we've got, we've got, you know, test farms we operate these things with. We've had, you know, folks from, you know, traditional farming operations to custom harvesters, you know, giving us feedback on how this is going. And, and the overwhelming uh, feedback has been extremely positive that we were able to get connectivity in fields that historically we've not been able to. And so we, uh, we, we think this is a massive step forward for and the agricultural industry. And, and we're super excited to be able to, to, to get this out there uh, as quickly as possible. And I think uh, the uh, Starlink is kind of a pretty dang good example of the system as a solution business model. Did I say Really? That? Really? 
How many times? Yeah, systems as a service. Here, here's it's, Sam. <laughs> what department do we have? The service. Sam, you, you know what the beauty in all this is, and all we don't need to talk about solutions as a service. That's internal language. I think if you just go with SaaScription, it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> between John Deere and gender dealers, when we talk to farmers and the folks out there, we're, we're not going to use that sort of language for the very reason that you're tongue tied. So, I can't. I can't say it right. The title is going to be SaaScription. You have proven my point. That we will, we will have. We're super early in this conversation, right? Let's be clear. This is all very, very new. And when we get a little more formalized, we'll have some other language we'll use for for the broader market. Is that fair? Yes, yeah, a script, subscription. I'm putting, <laughs> putting it on tape. Uh, you know that little. You've everybody's got the bank of light switches in their house somewhere where there's like four in a row, and you could live there for twenty years. I still don't know which light switch is which one, and that's the point I'm at now. Is I'm I'm thinking about. You don't it. have smart Wait. light switches in your house yet? I thought you were no, technology I'm not that guy. Rich. <laughs> oh, you can get DIY style. Uh, yeah. AliExpress. Chris is Amazon the, man. They deliver. Chris is the smart switch kind of guy. I mean, oh, I got them all in my phone. Everything in my house I can control with this bad boy. I got some. I got some Alexas that do some stuff, but uh, other than that, yeah, we're pretty lo-fi. Here's, here's my challenge to you too: as you challenge farmers to get automated and, and get ready for autonomy, you need to automate some things in your home. Oh no, I'm all on board. Home oh, assistance. It's, it's fantastic. I got lights that go on. At, you know, when the sun goes down, they go off at a certain time. The doors mm-hmm. lock in case the kids forget to lock them. It's awesome. So mm-hmm. next time we talk. I, I had a prompt on my Alexa for my Christmas tree, and I would yell at my Christmas tree, why is the carpet wet, Todd? And then the lights on the Christmas tree would go I don't off. know, Margo. Alexa would say, I don't know, Margo. And then turn it off. That's awesome. I was so proud of myself. My wife was actually disappointed, I think. Well, maybe like, after the first or second day, it's like, okay. okay. If you don't want to go over there. It was almost funny oh, the first man. time. Great flick. I'm going to turn the mic around on you guys. Is there anything you want to say to our customers that would be listening to this? You know, I think what I would say is, is don't judge this book by its cover in terms of this new business model. Don't assume that, that the ulterior motives are, are negative here. Sit down with your John Deere dealer and have a conversation if this is right for your operation. W- one of the things we're committed to in this business is, is having farmer choice. And so we're going we're gonna to have some offerings that are going to leverage this new business model. We're going to have offerings that go the more traditional route. And, and what we want you to do is figure out what's right for your operation. Because at the end of the day, if, if this isn't benefiting the farm operation, then, then we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you shouldn't be buying it. We shouldn't be selling it. And, and I would just really encourage everybody to spend time with your John Deere dealer and, and have a conversation before you just sort of, you know, look at what is being said on Twitter or X or whatever, or, or look at what. Just don't you know. look at my comment sections. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's there there really is a desire here to 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 move to move farming operations forward to get more productive to use use less inputs to be able to increase yields and and ultimately produce better product. That's what we're after here, and so I don't think until you've sat down and really talked with those who are closest to it, which is again your local John Deere dealer. Shout out Kibble. Um, you, you probably you, you don't have the whole story, so I would really encourage people to do that. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't say that there's you know we've got a lot of products we didn't talk about today yep, that you sure. can upgrade on your existing tractor, planter, sprayer. combine, sprayer. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be just C and spray, right? If individual nozzle control, exact apply. I mean, there's, there's lots out there. Cross go, go auger out. shut off. Yeah. Yep. Adjustable spout. Mm-hmm. Um, go out to deer.com, 
see our, our product information there. Talk to your, talk to kibble, talk to your local dealer. Um, you know, we've got open availability for this upcoming season, 2024. So if you're thinking about potentially doing a change on your planter, uh, or your sprayer, um, come check us out, go talk to your John Deere dealer. Uh, we can get you an upgrade. The, the way it works is you, you work with, with your local dealer, you know, get that product ordered, uh, work with your dealer, or we have uh, uh, mobile installation crews from Deere that would do the upgrade and install it, do the runoff checks. They can do it in your shed. Exactly. Yeah, we've got mobile teams that go out and show up right at your farm. So yep. um, uh, there's availability. Come check us out, ask questions, um, you know, and stay tuned. More, more to come. We're putting a ton of energy into uh, the things that we've talked about today and just how do we get it to, to a much easier point uh, to get the latest technology on what you already have. I, I think we just put yeah. a bow on it. Yeah. I appreciate you guys jumping on the podcast so you don't even know. This is cool. This hey, did today. record, didn't it? I, it's the button <laughs> is red, and I'm praying and take, that it take, works. Take two. Hey, let, let me say, though, too, uh, we just want to thank you all for the opportunity. See, to get he's to, a pro. He's doing you know, it again. I, I, I do. You're I mean, so charming. You, you all do. A, you, that was the longest compliment sandwich. <laughs> it was like a... <laughs> <laughs> now we're grateful for the opportunity to be here and, and share some things with with your customers and and we uh we look forward to to working on this together yeah we, we should say that too i mean thanks to your listeners and most importantly thanks to all the farmers and customers out there for, for yep. your business um really enjoy the partnership and look forward mm-hmm. to continuing the, the connections yeah, we, we appreciate being a john Deere dealer and we also appreciate that you guys tolerate this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm done with the appreciate bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Kibble Equipment. I am at Kibble Man Sam. Chris is at Chris Horrib on Instagram and at Horrib on tw- X. Ooh, I almost did it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, see you later. Big gulps, huh? Big gulps, huh?